Good morning, ladies and gents. Y'all are lively. That's great. Good morning. Um, that's right. Thank you. Good morning. Womp, 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 womp. Um, let, me, uh, let me offer a prayer, and, um, and we'll get started in a moment. Most gracious and ever-living God, We thank you that you've gathered us at this time, and as we gather now, we do so in your name, and we pray that you'd be in the midst of us. Uh, Special Lord, as as we reflect um, this morning on our our topic, uh, we pray that you would visit us with your Holy Spirit, with your grace and peace, that it would be um, something which overflows in our hearts and in our lives, that you would root and ground us in you, the source of our strength, source of our hope, the source of our peace. And Lord, I I certainly pray as always that ultimately not my words, but your words would go forth, for your words are life and salvation. So direct and guide us and gather us, we pray. Uh, Clear away all the anxieties and distractions which we bring with us and speak to us. And we ask all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Yeah, we, uh, it's funny, the, 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 the title of the class today is Anxious Christians. And, um, you know, as a preacher, it's kind of like you just keep preaching to yourself. And hopefully, you know, as a teacher, you keep teaching to yourself and hope maybe it'll start to sink in um, after after a period of time. Um, let me ask you all, I've got some different things to share this morning. But um, as we begin, let me just ask you all, not you all, because you all look very balanced, but other people... Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, some of your friends and family members, uh, if you could talk about them for a minute. Um, what are some of the sources of anxiety in our, in our lives? Prayers done, uh, Selena, that there's going to be a lot of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> ab, ab, yeah, that's, that's funny. Um, absolutely. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, Paula, yeah, can you comment further? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just right there. With you. I mean, plus, I just think the whole parenting thing, just being in it. I always joke, like, my manual, I think, got lost. Like, when they get the manual. Yeah, the parent manual. Yeah, the maturity manual. Didn't land at our house. We kept looking for that one. It didn't. Yeah, and it is true. And I, I really do genuinely believe this. It's, um, it is kind of funny, particularly... You know, I've noticed, because ours now are, um, oh, actually, um, you know, it's funny. I brought a picture in this morning. Actually, speaking of kids, um, I'll pass this around. It's kind of funny. Um, one of the things it seems like with pairing, ours are now 17, 15, 13. So senior, sophomore, eighth grade is, is where they are now. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I really do sometimes. It's like a, I find myself exhaling a lot. I just get wound up, and not just about them, um, just but yes, very much about them. But just in, in general, find myself sort of wringing my hands and, you know, ex- exhaling a lot. Um, you know, I look, you know, I look fairly calm on the exterior, um, but but yeah, inside, not 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 so much. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of all of us. But it seems like with the parenting, not just parenting, it just seems like life. Uh, as soon as you feel like you you've kind of got a handle on it, um, you enter a new stage. Uh, and I found that with the kids, you know, as soon as like I kind of felt like we had the whole baby thing down, then they were toddlers, and it's kind of like, okay, this is a new playbook, you know. And likewise, you know, you move into the teenager, it's like, well, this is a new playbook. And in less than a year, um, well, you know, we're kind of dealing with it now. Is you know, having a son that's a senior, um, 
you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, you need to give them a little more freedom to kind of help prep for the year coming up when they're going to be off on their own. And so, you know, what's enough freedom? What's too much freedom? Where is that, you know, where is that balance? And, um, you know, I just keep looking to Paul. I'm like, well, you know, right? Um, you know, you've, you've got it. Hopefully, you know, you you know. I'll just, I'll pass this around to y'all because I know y'all came to see pictures of my kids this morning. Um, but it's kind of funny. I've, we were going through uh, pictures recently for Jack's senior page in the yearbook. You know, you have to have, and you have pictures of, you know, and, and of course, you know, nowadays we've got them all on computer, but when they were back when the kids were growing up, um, you know, we had them all actually hard copies. So we've been digging through all these pictures. But I found this picture of Maisie, our middle, and I love it because, I mean, this just looks like happy, um, joyful. It's just a funny little random picture, but I just absolutely love this one of sister. And she's just, we're at, we're at Disney, and she's just like, <laughs> she's, she's chuckling, just having the biggest time with her little red kids. I mean, that was just look back and just think, those were the good old days. Um, and But even as, as I say that, the truth is, when we were in the middle of it, we were wound up. I look back now and just say, gosh, we were so happy then. Um, but then, you know, you think back to the actual time now. You were, we were as strung out then um, as we are now. But you just kind of tell yourself, we were just, we were peaceful then. All right, so certainly children, other, other sources of anxiety. Elderly parents. Elderly parents, absolutely. Um, and that's, you know, it's funny, that's one of the things I was thinking about when I talk about, you know, stages. You feel like as soon as you've kind of got something down, it's a new stage. And that's certainly one with elderly parents. And now suddenly we're anxious for them and how we care for them. And um, thankfully, my grandmother, um, one grandmother didn't drive, never drove, grew up in the city in Richmond, so she never drove. And um, But the other grandmother lived down in Orlando. It was the best thing because um, my dad and my aunt were all anxious about what they were going to do with was still on the road and she was a menace. Um, what were they going to do? Well, she forgot to renew her driver's license. And so she had to go down and take the test. And um, she failed the eye test. And my dad and my mom were like, oh, you know, it's the man. It's not us. So uh, we're not doing it. But that's, uh, that's really terrible, Mom. We're really sorry about that. So, But yeah, elderly parents and, and failing health and, and, and care for them. And where are they going to live? And absolutely, another huge... Um, and just, you know, it's, it's your mom and your dad, uh, or your aunt and your uncle, or whomever. It's, it's a hard one. Yeah, what else, y'all? I'll, I'll throw out a few as I, as I thought about this. And, and let me just say, um, what we're going to do this morning is we're going to walk through Mark's gospel. I thought about how we might best approach this. We're going to walk through Mark's gospel this morning. And, um, you know, I thought about numerous. I mean, obviously, it's this issue is addressed throughout the entirety of, of the scriptures because... Um, God's awareness of its of its an issue for us, and it's one of the things that often pulls us away from it. And, and let me say this: um, one, the Bible addresses it because it's a facet in our lives. And let me just say this: just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're not anxious. Uh, we know better, um, and and we we know better. But a lot of things we know better, um, and it doesn't necessarily doesn't mean we're we're done with it this side of the Jordan. Um, this side of the Jordan, we, we, we wrestle with it, uh, just, like any, just like any number of things we wrestle with it. Um, but one of the things I, I thought about, it's kind of interesting, when, when Paul uh, writes his letters, what, it, what does he always start by saying? Grace and peace. Right? Grace, that's right. Grace, grace and peace, um, Amy, gold stars. Well done. Um, that's right. Y'all, we're all going to say it. Grace and peace to you 
um, from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and I, you know, I, sometimes, I, sometimes I know that I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, uh, but I thought about that. I thought, you know, I hadn't really thought about that for years. I read that grace and peace. Well, that's really nice. Um, but I think one of the reasons that he says that is he says grace and peace to you because uh, it's something we're all hungering for. Uh, and, and we're longing for the grace and peace of God um, in our lives. And, it, and it's also something that Paul came to very genuinely experience um, in his life uh, in, a, in a very real and profound way. He was, he was chief among the strivers um, trying to measure up uh, and through, his, through his life and persecuting the, the early Christians. And, and he found in Jesus this phenomenal um, grace and peace, which he had been searching for his whole life through religious means and through moral means and, and you name it, and hadn't been able to find it and found it uh, in Jesus. And so I think that's one of the reasons, one, the knowledge of our need for it, and two, the fact that he had hungered for it, longed for it, sought it, and then finally experienced it in the gift of Jesus um, in, in his sufficiency. I'll start by telling you a little story here. Anybody ever hear of um, Thomas Bilney? Um, I'd be I'd be shocked if you had. It's kind of a you know it's kind of a liturgical nerd um, kind of thing. I don't necessarily know that y'all would know of Thomas Bilney. Thomas Bilney uh, was at um, Trinity Hall in Cambridge um, as a theology student in in the early 1500s, um, 1519. Uh, there you go. Yeah, actually, there's there are two of us. There are two of us. That's great. Yeah, wait, you know, wait a minute. Yeah, good old uh, Thomas. Uh, exactly, Thomas Bilney. And he was a theology student. And one of the things uh, about medieval times, we talk about anxiety. When I when I think about anxiety, I'm often, you know, I hate to say it, it's uh, not that it's bad, but you know, I'm anxious about my kids. Um, I'm anxious about my kids. Uh, I'm anxious about um, making ends uh, meet financially. I'm anxious about uh, my parents. I'm anxious about my sense of worth or my sense of purpose, my sense of meaning. I'm anxious about what people think of what people think of me. I'm anxious about, you know, um, where I am in life. You know, have I have have I done enough? Should I have done more? And so forth and so on. I'm anxious really uh, about a lot of pretty um, earthly, fleshly, um, surprise, surprise, sort of self-centered, self-focused um, an- anxieties is often what I'm anxious about. What Thomas Bilney was anxious about, and a lot of the medieval Christians um, were anxious about this, he felt um, he was deeply troubled by a sinful nature. Um, and not to say that we don't think about that, but really with your anxieties, how much are your anxieties about your deeply sinful human nature? We can be honest. Um, we're among friends here. You know, it's often about, you know, we're often, yeah, I, you know, I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm not great, but, you know, I'm better than Jim. Um, you know, he's much worse than I am, so surely that counts Surely that counts for something. Well, Bill, he was really deeply anxious um, about his sinful nature and, and the chasm, the gulf that existed between uh, what he felt like the gulf that existed between himself uh, and between God. And, and one of the things that sort of heightened this uh, once or twice a year during that time, they would take communion uh, and, and viewed it very much as receiving literally the, bo- the body and blood uh, of, of Jesus. And, and to take it um, unworthily would have been... Um, uh, of huge uh, concern for someone like Thomas Bilney. And so he had this tremendous anxiety that he was basically going to judge himself, that he was going to damn himself by taking this communion um, unworthily. What was he going to do about it? And as a medieval guy, he pursued the various means available. He, um, he paid priests to say masses uh, on his behalf. He, he purchased uh, indulgences. Uh, he, he went to confessors and he, and he confessed his sins and he... Um, spent all night 
in, in prayer vigils, and he went on pilgrimages. I mean, basically what he did was he did all these religious things, um, all the various religious things that were available to him at his particular time. He, he, um, he availed himself of, but he felt no better. Um, af- after all of those, and, and still felt the sense of increasing anxiety as, as communion approached, and this sense of unworthiness, and this gulf that existed between him and between God. And uh, there was a guy that had been there um, a little before him, um, Erasmus. Anybody you remember um, Erasmus? You know, you know, the Dutch humanist. You know, y'all, y'all, y'all know, y'all know Erasmus. Some of you actually, some of y'all probably do remember hearing, uh, hearing that name. Well, anyway. Um, um, Paul and I talk about Erasmus often um, at, at home. So Erasmus, yeah, I've heard, well, and you know what? That's that's me too. I'm like, yeah, I've heard of that guy. Um, well, one of the things that he did, which was actually kind of significant, particularly in that time, he thought that the Latin Vulgate, um, that translation of the Bible, was was skewed and flawed uh, in a, in a number of ways, and he and he took it upon himself to to translate it um, into Greek. And, um, you know, it's so funny, when I hear about people back in the day, I feel like such a knucklehead. You know, they could, you know, read Latin and Greek and, and so forth and so on. Um, I took Latin and Greek. Um, so, but anyway, they, they seem to be um, accomplished. Well, what, um, what he did was this. Billy began to read through, um, he began to read through um, the Bible, and he really began to go to the, to the source, to God's Word, to deal with the anxiety which, which he was experiencing because, again, he tried all these various religious means, but in that particular time, you really didn't read the Bible. That was not something um, that you did. And, and as I say all that, let me say, I'm not saying, look, just go read your Bible today and you'll be good. Um, and then it'll be, you know, gosh, you know, what's your problem? If you just do that, then you'll be all, uh, then you'll be all better um, by tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's not what I'm saying. But, but he began to read, and as he read, um, in we're going to talk more, but I mean, ultimately, the the key to addressing um, anxiety in our lives, I believe, is is the gospel getting a hold of us, uh, that that message of the gospel um, getting a hold of us, and 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 truly, um, getting a hold of us by the work of the Holy Spirit, not because you and I are finally, you know, good enough or getting it enough, but he he read through and he was reading through the pastoral epistles, uh, and there was actually Saint Paul, what he wrote to Timothy in First Timothy. Uh, there was this one particular phrase that just, it was sort of like, you know, um, you know, again, you know, when the anxiety just uh, builds up in your lives and you, f- you feel like, you know, really it's just kind of like, it's, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to breathe. I mean, it's just sort of like, it just, it, it pumps up and it pumps up and it, and it pumps up. And it was like someone just grabbed the release valve uh, and just pulled it and it was just like all the, you know, all that just going, just going out of them. And what he came across um, was this. Paul talking about um, how Christ had saved him on the foremost of sinners. Do you all remember that? Or, or, some, or some translations uh, saved me the chief of sinners. Um, and, 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 the, and the message of the gospel began to take hold of him for the first time. He thought, holy, holy cow. Um, if, if Paul... Um, who describes himself as the chief of sinners, one who persecuted, um, one who persecuted the church. That if God could love him, if God could extend um, His grace to him, um, the chief of sinners, uh, then there's hope. Uh, then there's hope for me as well. Then there's good news um, for me as well. And, and these words um, began to take hold of him. And and Billy went on to share 
And, and it really changed his life. And he went on to share uh, through his life and through his ministry and through his preaching um, that we are people, Christ loves us, um, not because we are holy. Uh, and that's, I know you know that, but, but we need to hear that again. Um, Christ loves us, um, not because we're holy. Um, he loves us in order to make us holy. Uh, and, and human nature is such, you know, we want, we, 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 tend, we tend to flip that around. Christ doesn't love us because we're holy. Um, the, the colic for purity, which we begin our worship, you know, Almighty God, you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Um, he, he knows us full well, and he loves us not because we're holy, but he loves us in order um, to make us holy. And, and, and Bilney began to, to preach this, and he was actually martyred um, in 1531, um, martyred um, at the stake. He was one of those that, that became active um, uh, in, in the Reformation, and he was one who's you know, whose life was um, transformed. Well, here's your little, uh, another little bit of trivia. Um, Bilney actually, this, uh, this ministry of his, this preaching of his, this, this gospel getting a hold of him and his being able to share that with others, actually had an impact uh, on a student, just like, you know, Erasmus uh, kind of had an impact on Bilney. Bilney, uh, his, his life and his ministry had an impact on another guy named Thomas Cranmer. Um, uh, and as y'all know, um, Thomas Cranmer um, was was really the, the the chief architect of the Book of Common Prayer, um, of which of course we we have today in its various permutations over the years. But there's a uh, there's a, a place uh, in the service of the Eucharist and in, in Rite One Eucharist um, where Bilney's influence is actually seen. Anybody know where that is? Anybody? Yeah. Well, that that would be a, that's a that's a great that's a great guess. The prayer of humble access, and I guess to some degree that that message is absolutely there in the prayer of humble access. I mean, it's kind of a setup. How you know? Why would you know? Um, um, hear what comfortable words our Savior Christ saith unto us: uh, If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, um, and He is the perfect offering for our sins, uh, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole. You think about the comfortable words, uh, and in the comfortable words are those words. Uh, uh, those words from 1 Timothy are included in the comfortable words. Uh, that, that verse which grabbed hold of Thomas Bilney, which he went on to share, um, grabbed hold of Cranmer as well, and that, um, that's inserted there um, within the comfortable words with, within our prayer book. So um, as, as we talk about some of our personal anxieties, which are not insignificant, but I wanted to say first and foremost as, as, we, as we begin this morning, um, the biggest issue has been addressed for us in the gospel. Um, that, that separation from God, which existed as a result of our sin, um, that the separation from, from God our Father. And what we hear in the message of the gospel is this, um, and, and it's, it's the freeing message, um, that, that we're loved not because we're holy, uh, but God loves us in order to make us holy. We're, we're accepted and received by God, not by our merits, but through the merits of Jesus. We, we've been made God's sons and daughters through what Jesus accomplished through the cross once and for all. Uh, and so we have, um, despite um, all the... Uh, as the prayer book says in one of the prayers, despite all the chances and changes of this life um, for us and for our kids and, and for our parents and for whomever, uh, we've, been, um, we've been received by God. We've been chosen <clears throat> by God. We've been drawn um, to God, not on any sort of action of our own, but on his action, uh, on his love acting first, on his love acting proactively um, to draw us to himself. So first and foremost, for any of us um, to know that we are 
um, loved and received by God, not on our merits, but, but on his merits. Any questions or comments or reflections on that uh, before we sort of go on a little bit more? So your high school son is uh, dating, he's driving around, you have anxiety, You're, you can't sleep. It's yes. 1230 at night, you know, wide awake. Absolutely. So what do you do? Yes. How does that help your anxiety? How does that help my anxiety? Um, well, you're asking me to apply it, Pete. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how I tell you how it affects my uh, my anxiety. It's a, no, I'm joking, but it really is. It's it's a it's a it's a great question. Uh, and let me say, um, I'll give Paula the opportunity for the rebuttal um, after I respond. So um, yeah, I was going to say, I'm definitely not a better response. We. You know, surprisingly, uh, my wife and I sometimes differ um, on our approach to things, on the way we perceive things. So it, it happens. Uh, it happens some. What, it, what, is it, what does it mean? Um, I guess a, a couple of things, uh, Pete, because it really is, in all sincerity, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. And as I say, there's a difference between, uh, I would say, also anxiety and concern. Um, and, and I, and I want to say that because that, those, are, those are two different things. Um, it's just a, a concern. Taken to a dangerous level. Yeah, and that's healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I do want to. I think there's an important say to to differentiate to some degree, uh, because the message of the gospel isn't you know just do chill, Um, you know no worries, Uh, you know don't worry be happy. I mean that's that's not that's not the message. The things that that are worth being uh, concerned about, and this would be such. I would say a couple of things. I mean one. and this, and this might not be hypothetical. Um, you know, uh, Jack, Maisie, Sally, they're out and about there, uh, and, and they're concerned. I mean, I think one of the first and foremost things um, we do is, uh, is the recognition, ultimately, and I, this is easier said than done, but, but ultimately they're not ours. Um, you know, our kids really aren't ours. And I, and I think one of the significant things um, at their baptism uh, the recognition, you know, yes, is the necessity to be received into, into God's kingdom through Jesus, um, you know, through, the, through being washed uh, in, in Jesus. Uh, I think one of the first things, first and foremost, is, you know, Jack, Maisie, and Sally, they're not mine. Um, they, they really aren't. I mean, from the very beginning, we've recognized them as God's. And, and while, we, while we are called to be people who are engaged and active and involved, also the, the reality is um, that you and I only have so much control. Uh, and I think a lot of our anxiety comes from thinking we can control a lot more than we can um, and, and thinking that we can have more influence than, than we can. And, I mean, there's just so much in our life that's um, beyond our ability to control. So I think, you know, I think the recognition that, um, that they're gods, the recognition of the character uh, of God who, who cares for us uh, and who cares for, um, who cares for our children and the fact that I can only control so much. I mean, we have Jesus describes himself as a good shepherd um, who actually has gone before us, who's with us, uh, who comes uh, who comes behind us. And as I say that, I realize that Jesus is the good shepherd for Jack and Mason and Sal. And at the same time, that doesn't mean um, th- uh, things happen in our lives which are really hard. Um, and, and sometimes things happen which are, you know, w- w- which are terrible. And I would say, and I'm just blissfully sleeping and just saying, I'm not worried. God's in charge. Um, but I think the one thing, yeah, I mean, we, we pray. Um, we, we pray on a we pray on a regular basis because um, one of the things that our enemy um, loves to do um, is 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 to get us into a swirl of anxiety um, to think that we can control things that 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 we can't control to try and uh, hold on to things um, too tightly. So I mean I think you know we kind of 
we we instill the essentials in them as best we can um, as as they're as they're coming along. You know, instilling the faith in them because obviously they're going to have to go on. Particularly as we talk about when they get older, they're going to have to go on and make decisions, and we're not going to be there. Um, and so you want to try as much as possible and instill um, the the faith in them, um, so that when the times do come, but also the recognition that they're just like you and me. Um, before they're going to they're going to fall short. Um, and they're going to and they're going to make mistakes, uh, and they're going to have hurts, uh, and they're going to have bumps um, along the way. Uh, but but we have a God who works through death and resurrection uh, in the sense of ultimately, but also in our lives as well. Sometimes you know it's those hurts uh, and it's those losses and it's those breaks that we grow most dramatically from, um, and, and that God works through. Um, so I'm, you know, I want the path to be smooth for Jack, Mays, and Sal, but at the same time I realize that. Um, it's often not smooth for us, but but God's grace is sufficient. I don't know if that do y'all have some some better answers for Pete. Uh, I welcome y'all's uh, I welcome y'all's thoughts on all this. I just want to add, I don't think that you have to feel um, that if you're not understanding or not worried that that I think that's not okay. That's not how Jesus wants us to be. And it's not a competition. If somebody else is worrying about their child or may work if you're not, you're not. That's, it's not okay. Am I making sense? It's not okay. It's, it's not not okay. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's, it's. To be not worried does not mean you're concerned. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, obviously the fact that you, you do love a person, you are concerned. Yeah, that's a whole other category. Well, that's a, uh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's a great insight, and that's one of the things. Actually, I wanted to say is, you know, um, you know, to some degree, folks are wired differently. Uh, I mean, some folks just are. Some folks are more wound, um, and some folks are, um, are are less wound. And I think there's just a certain amount. Um, I'm not looking at you. I mean, I'm. I mean, I just think there's a certain. <laughs> yeah. There's there's exactly. I mean, they just. You want to experience some anxiety? Have dinner with Paula's family. I mean, that's some. There's some. There's some energy in that room. Um, so I mean, it's. But no, I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, it is true. I mean, some folks are. Some folks are wired. Some folks are extroverts. Some folks are introverts. Some folks are, are, are prone more to, to to worry than others. So I mean, I think to some degree, the the Lord is has has wired us um, differently. But I want to say this as well. When we, when we talk about peace, when we talk about um, rest in, in a biblical sense, it doesn't mean the absence of problems. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the things we've talked about some of the classes leading up is, is, is a certain reality. I mean, there's, there, even in the midst, it's, it's the assurance of God being with us. It's not the absence of struggles or trials uh, and, and of issues. Yes? Mm-hmm. 
few months shy of 70 now. Um, I don't have an empty nest anymore. The question is, when you have your children, you are stewards of those children. Mm -hmm. You are their steward, and sometimes it's incredibly difficult to understand <coughs> where that stewardship begins and how much of that stewardship God is giving to you mm -hmm. for responsibility mm -hmm. and how much you have to pay quite literally back in God's hands. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes leads to the anxiety which leads to brokenness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I appreciate that um, very, very much. So, I mean, we are we're, we're stewards, and, and ultimately, uh, they are. I heard a guy tell a story years ago, and I thought it was really valuable. He um, and and he was talking about leading an alpha course at a, uh, at a at a church, and this lady came in to this alpha course, and he originally said he said, "Look, I'm not proud of this," but he said, "I just was really looked on her in a very judgmental uh, in a judgmental way." You know, she had had multiple whatever husbands boyfriends sort of kids with different uh, with different of these guys and you know she had had addiction issues and you know she just da, 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 da. and he said I just you know he said I just I really judged her um, and 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 you know not looked looked down upon her maybe he didn't let it show maybe he did but he said you know re the reality was he said yeah I was uh, I really judged her but he said then he began to he began to find out her story um, and, and when he found out her story, when he found out about her, her childhood and everything coming along, he said, he said this, and all this it was, a, it was a great analogy. He said, you know, he said, I was born on third base. He said, I had, I had all the advantages uh, in, in the world coming up, and I was born on third base. And he said, it's a miracle this woman made it to first base. Um, he said, it's just the, the, the fact that she made it to first base um, was a home run, uh, was absolutely uh, amazing. And again, he just, he was... Humbled by his uh, his his judgmentalism, humbled by the fact that he had been born with all these advantages, uh, and considered that he had done it when the reality was he had just you know he he'd been fortunate, he'd been blessed. And the reason um, I, I share that story is is this also, and I don't get it. I mean honestly, I don't I don't get it, folks. Um, some people in life just seem to struggle a lot more, um, and I um, you know I'm sure y'all have friends and family members that that you know and love, and people say you know what. Uh, I have no doubt the Lord loves them. I have no doubt that the Lord's active in their lives, but they just, they, they seem to have a harder time than most. And I, and I definitely have friends or family members who, and again, I, I wish I could give you the explanation for that. Some folks, for whatever reason, seem to have a smoother path, and some, um, some not so much. Um, but to know that the, um, the, the character of God and the grace of God that is alive and at work um, in, in, the, in their lives, and as I say, I, you know, I could go into great detail about you know different friends or family members. Again, most folks looking at them would think, oh, they're they're a train wreck. Uh, but knowing what I know, I'm saying, you know, it's pretty amazing. Um, it's kind of a praise God that they are um, where they are now, considering what they've been through and where they started. Well, let's. Um, uh, let's look just a little bit here uh, at, at, at Mark's gospel. We could, you know, we we could maybe uh, continue this next week. Um, as um, so, bring a whole fresh batch of anxieties next week, if you will, um, and and we'll. Um, it was, and again, I, I say I was looking at different things. John, uh, John, Mark, um, Mark two eighteen. It was interesting. I, I was just thinking about this, looking at the gospel through the lens of. 
uh, through the lens of anxious moments. And let me say this about Mark's gospel, and it's true of all the gospels, but um, it's, it's wonderfully refreshing as we see the followers of Jesus portrayed, and they definitely don't have it together. I mean, it, it, it gives truth to that statement, you know, God doesn't love us because we're holy. He loves us in order to make us holy. You look at these guys, and these are the 12, and you think, this is the best you got, God? You know, this is the team. This is the team you put together. Um, and, and, and I think part of it is, is, is God's grace at work, giving encouragement to people like you and me to say, you know, look, look at this crew. This is not... This is not the A team um, that that I that I put together. Some of the different anxieties. We'll kind of go through this kind of um, kind of quickly, and I'll just kind of you can kind of uh, glance through. Um, but uh, this is, I think, one of the sources of our anxiety, and it's comparison. Um, I think one of the reasons we become anxious is we compare ourselves to other folks um, and look at them and say, "Gosh, they're they're better than me in this," or you know, or I really don't measure up to them. Uh, and this and, and and comparisons are a train wreck, and yet we uh, and yet we do that. My personal opinion. You may you may dis, you may disagree, but I think that's one of the sources of unnecessary anxiety for us uh, as as we look at different folks and say, gosh, you know, um, they're they're better than me in this. And or um, we uh, we fall into the trap of becoming proud um, unnecessarily and unrightfully. I'm so glad I'm better than so and so. You know, the uh, fall prayer either way. Um, the anxiety here is uh, is in comparison. They're worrying because um, John, the disciples, uh, John's disciples and the Pharisees um, were fasting, and they came to Jesus and said, "Well, wait a minute. Why aren't y'all fasting? Um, they're um, they're they're holier than y'all. Um, they're 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 better than y'all." The anxiety there um, being that one of one of comparison. Why aren't you doing? Why aren't you doing what they're doing? Um, and, and now sometimes, let me say, sometimes we can change our behaviors, and that would not be a bad thing. Um, but at the same time, we, we see this, this anxiety of comparison. Go on to three, um, 321. And again, we're just kind of a, you know, this is sort of a rapid fire. Um, this is a rapid fire. The anxiety of um, what will other people think? Um, have you all ever experienced that anxiety? Um, what, what will people say? Um, what, what will other um, people think? You know, I want my kids to love Jesus, but I don't want them to get carried away uh, with this whole with this whole Jesus thing. I don't want people to think I'm some sort of religious um, religious nut. Um, you know, I want to be kind of a you know moderately Christian person. Oh, Craig's so great. You know, he never presses his faith on anybody. Um, well, hmm. Yeah, I don't know that we need to press our faith, but you know, he was a Christian, but he never talked about it. Um, have you ever heard that said of anyone? Um, as if as if that's such a fabulous thing. You're just thinking. <laughs> Okay, um, that's that's. But here, um, then he went home, uh, and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying he is out of his mind. Who are they talking about there? Jesus, exactly. It was Jesus' family, um, his mother and his uh, and his half brothers, um, coming to say, you know what? We need to come and seize him. We need to take him. We need to take him back home because people are talking about him. Um, and, and if they're talking about him, they're talking about us, and, 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 and we're anxious because um, what, what will others think? 4.35, um, y'all remember this? We, uh, y'all have read this before. We've, you know, and, and if y'all want to comment as we go on, please do. I'm just kind of presenting some different thoughts here um, for y'all to think about as we go forward into the week, some of the different ways that the anxiety is presented here. Um, 4.35, which we read, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, when Jesus, of course, um, stills the storm, 
but there, but the uh, disciples' anxiety here is, um, God, don't you care about us? Um, don't you care? Because uh, if you cared, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be in this situation. We wouldn't be having issues if if you cared about us. Their their anxiety here, uh, and they cry out to God, uh, and they say, uh, "Don't you care um, that that we're perishing? Why don't you do something? Why don't you do something about this situation?" Uh, Six three. We hear um, one of our. I can tell you this. Um, <laughs> motive. Moment of confession here. Um, the we hear that Jesus is rejected at at, at Nazareth here, and um, as he's you know, going about his ministry, he comes to his hometown. Um, we hear, and then he went in um, to the synagogue and began to teach on the Sabbath, uh, as as was his custom. And and many who heard um, were astonished. Uh, you know, wow. Um, but then we hear that there are also um, his detractors. And in 6.3, is not this the carpenter, um, the son of Mary, uh, and brother of James and Joseph and Judas uh, and Simon? A number of different um, insults and, and, and verbal barbs um, within there. One of the things um, that, they're, that they're saying, and it's kind of an insinuation, this is the son of Mary, um, rather than this is the son of Joseph, this is the son uh, of, of, of Mary. Um, it's a little, uh, it's a little barb. Uh, it's a little insinuation. It's a little insinuation there. You know, basically, you know, who does this guy think he is? Um, and one of our anxieties, I think, surely, um, is um, is fear of being a nobody or, or fear of being um, uh, fear of being exposed as as incompetent. Has, has anyone ever uh, has anyone ever um, experienced that? You know, sometimes I think we all feel like we're walking around the emperor's clothing. It's like, oh my gosh, at any moment, um, people are going to see that I'm actually clueless, um, that I have no idea, you know, that I have no idea um, what I'm doing. I think any of us that are sort of adults and or um, professionals, you have that moment just like, I am so afraid. Uh, I am the biggest poser, and one day everybody's going to know, um, and, it, and it's going to be out, um, and and, and what, what do I do? Uh, what do I do after that? One of the, the anxieties which we experience, and that's the insinuation here. You're nobody. Um, you're nobody. Um, we, we, we know your people, uh, and pff, yeah, you're Mary's son. Um, you're a carpenter. Um, you, you know, uh, you, you, have, you have no worth. Um, you have no worth or no merit um, in our eyes. And Hopefully we mature some and, and we grow some, but we never get fully beyond that anxiety, do we, uh, of looking for the sort of uh, of approval and or um, affirmation of others, even though we know who's we really need, um, uh, the anxiety there, you know, you're, you're a nobody. You go on actually in that, in that same, there's a number of them uh, in 6, um, in, in six 7 um, as well. And I think this is a big one, as Jesus sends out the 12, uh, and he charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money um, in their belts, but to wear sandals and not um, put on two tunics. Uh, and basically, you know, when you go out, if a house welcomes you, um, stay there and accept what they have to offer. Um, you know, don't be jockeying for a better place. Um, you know, I hear the I hear the food's better over there, so I'm going to go over. Um, I think this is one of our one of our big anxieties. It's certainly um, it's certainly anxiety of mine. Will there be enough? Um, is, is, God, is God going to provide? 
um, is, is, it, is, it going to, is it going to work out? And here's a wonderful uh, example where Jesus sends them out, uh, basically um, w- without their bags packed, um, and, and just says, look, I got it. Um, I'll, I'll take care of it, and I'm going to take care of it through other folks. Uh, and just, just go. And, and if you remember, not in Mark's gospel, but in the other gospels, and when it talks about this, they came back and they were amazed. Um, they're amazed at, at God's ability um, to provide to provide for them. And, and as I say, it doesn't mean that they're not going to be challenging times. Uh, one of the great things in Paul's, um, in, in Philippians at the end in 4, when he talks about, I've learned the secret of being content uh, in any and every situation. He says, I, he says I've been in plenty uh, and, I, and I've been in want. He says, you know, I says, I've, yeah, I've, ex- I've experienced the spectrum, you know, the fat times, the lean times. Uh, and everywhere in between, but I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Um, why? Because of uh, because of who God is, uh, who God is in Jesus. Um, last one, and then we're just for time. I've I've got we've, we're only to six, and I've it's it's a shame because they're going to be dazzling. Um, but maybe next week I've actually got a lot uh, a lot more. Um, but um, last, we'll stop with this, and we're still in the sixth chapter here. Uh, and, and it's this, um, and once again, it's kind of the anxiety of it. Will will there be enough? Will God provide? And it's also the anxiety of um, of, of we don't have what it takes. Um, we don't. And you know, you talk about we kind of started off talking about kids, and I think that's one of our anxieties. Is, you know, I don't know. I don't have what it takes um, to be a father. I really don't have a whole heck of a lot of wisdom um, to to offer. Um, to offer my kids, do I have what it takes to be, you know, to to equip these kids to go out in the big tough world? Um, I just, gosh, I, I feel so very uh, insufficient. Jesus feeding the five thousand. Uh, we hear that we went ashore. There was a great crowd and thirty-four began to teach many things. And when it grew late, the disciples came to him and said, "This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away um, to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat." We we don't have uh, we don't have what it takes here. Send them send them away. Um, go ahead and, and clear them out of here. And let me say this. Interestingly, what does Jesus do in this situation? And I, what I'll, I'll tell you, he um, he doesn't immediately relieve them. He doesn't say, "No sweat, guys. I, I got this." Um, his first response is, "You give them something to eat." Um, and so actually, what he does is he. He spikes, he just throws a little napalm um, into their anxiety, and he, and he, and he spikes it up, um, and he spikes it up a little further, and, and, and they're looking around, and let me say this as well, this is kind of a little uh, interesting, um, we're running out of time, but this is a tough crowd, uh, and, a, and a tough area that they're in, it'd be like, you know, okay, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sending you out um, uh, in, in, the, in the Fairfield at night, um, and there's a big crowd gathered there, uh, and, they're, and they're getting a little restless, and I say, you know, Take care of it. You, you, you know, you, you, you got this, and you know your your anxiety might kind of go up um, a little bit, and, and it's this type of situation. But once again, um, they're they're driven to him. They they don't have what it takes, uh, but he, but he hasn't forsaken them, uh, and he's sufficient in his provision. I hope y'all um, will walk out of here less anxious than when you walked in um, this this morning. I, I don't know, um, but 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 hopefully. But one thing, what we hear again and again and again is, is just that message of the gospel. Uh, a God who's not distant or indifferent. 
uh, who's come forth in the world in a son, concretely, undeniably, unmistakably, um, who's laid down his life that we might have life. And God has promised that he wouldn't leave us, uh, but that he was going to be with us uh, and to sustain us, who desires um, to make us holy through his love, who desires us to be in relationship with himself, who desires to provide um, for us um, in this life. Uh, as we hear that, let us pray. Uh, gracious God, um, thank you for the many blessings of this life and for your grace and provision for us. By the work of your Holy Spirit, draw us to you, most gracious God, that we might know your peace which passes all understanding. And this we beg, not in our merits, but in your mercies made available to us in Jesus, your Son. Amen.